Let's continue our daily Bible reading in the book of Numbers. We're to the second to the last chapter of the book of Numbers. We're in Numbers chapter 35. Remember, we're dealing with, God is dealing with people here who have just come out of the Exodus. They've been wandering in the wilderness. They are coming into the promised land. They're going to settle here and they're going to live. They need some guidelines. They need some rules to which to live by so that everyone isn't just doing what is right in their own eyes. God loves them enough, just like your parents loved you enough to set parameters in, in, in their home and say, this is how far you can go and this is how far you can go here. Um, this is the behavior that's expected here. Those rules, while we didn't understand them, as a child, uh, we understand them later on as adults as something that are given out of love for us, which we need. And they also give us some sense of peace because we know we know what to expect. We know where the boundaries are at. And so God gives that to them. The first of those boundaries, or one of those boundaries that God gives, we see in the first part of chapter 35, where God says, remember, the Levites, you are to give to them a portion of the land of what each one of you have been given. Remember, each of the 12 tribes of Israel, except the Levites, were given a portion of land in the, in the promised land. That was their inheritance. They didn't work for it. It was a gift from God. The Levites didn't get land. But what they got is they got to be the go-between, the priests between them and God. And so because they didn't have land, they needed to have a way to be provided for. So part of what the sacrifices were that people brought were to feed the Levites, to feed the priests. But also, um, they were given a portion of land so that within each of their regions, that with the Levites living there, they were reminded of how important their relationship with God was. How important it was for them to stay connected with God, their, their sacrificial life, their worship life, their, uh, their coming to, uh, to worship was crucial. It's kind of like us saying, hey, we need to have a church that's close by for us to remind us to be there on a weekly basis to remind ourselves, remember the Sabbath day. And that relationship with God and how important it is. So it's interesting that that's one of the first things or, or one of the things that God says here about setting aside that land. Then the next parameter uh, deals with life and the sanctity and the preciousness of life. How all life is important when any and whenever life is taken or lost. Um, that, that there's a response to that. Now, you'll notice, and, and this happens in the cities of refuge. The cities of refuge were basically places where, where court could be held when, when there was a death uh, uh, among anybody, in, among the children of Israel. Now, uh, when you remember, when you think of uh, the, the cities they live or the times that they lived in, um, they're working with, uh, with uh, more primitive tools. Um, it can happen. I was reading in Deuteronomy where someone is, is working with an axe, maybe cutting down something. The handle flies off of the axe and, and it hits somebody else uh, and that person dies. Well, that person didn't intend to kill that person. Accidents are going to happen. Um, and so that person needed a place where they could go uh, to be safer this time and, and then to be judged, uh, not obviously not guilty of uh, premeditative murder and, and be able to... Uh, um, you know, be able to uh, uh, not be executed for that. Um, so notice that uh, they were told to. So verse nine begins to tell us about that, um, where God says, select the cities of refuge. And if a manslayer who kills any person without intent, uh, that he may flee there and he would have a refuge from the Avenger. Now we're gonna read about the Avenger in just a second. That would be a family member of the person who was killed. And if that person was killed because of premeditated murder, that person intended to, to kill them, it was that family member who was to carry out that sentence, which of course is the death penalty. 
And again, that was so important. If you don't set up a system like this, then every tribe just kind of goes at each other and everyone's just kind of applying the law in whatever way they want to. It would be chaos. So God sets up an orderly system for them so that when there is a premeditated murder, there's an avenger from the family who carries out that execution. And that execution, that death penalty, says life is so precious that when someone takes it intentionally, we have to, we have to carry out the, the highest um, punishment of the law, and that is to require a life for a life. That's how much God uh, is, uh, that's how precious God is, or that life is to God. And so you read about how it's all about the intent. If you start in verse 16, um, if someone murders and, and does it with the intent of, of taking that person's life, then of course they need to be held accountable. Intent, intent can be measured by, look at starting at verse 16, by the instrument that they might use. You can tell you really want to kill somebody. Um, if I want to hurt somebody, I'm going uh, to use a lesser instrument. I'm maybe going to strike them with my hand. Um, I'm maybe going to hit them with something that's softer, that's without the intent. But if it's used, uh, obviously if something stronger than that, is used, then that's the intent. Um, and then notice intent also includes verse 22, with enmity in your heart, with hatred towards that person uh, is intent that definitely shows uh, you intended to kill uh, that person. Um, and then um, notice that anybody that's brought to that city is going to be judged. Um, witnesses need to be there. Um, it isn't just on one witness, but it has to be more than one witness. You kind of begin to see even the, the judicial system that we have in, in most civilized countries today, too, really comes uh, from, uh, from, from the Bible, from, from God's intent. And of course, we know that because we know from the fourth commandment uh, that God set up authority for our, uh, for our good. And why is this so important? Because God says blood pollutes the land, verse 33. In other words, just the, just the shedding of blood, either, either I'm, I'm trying to kill somebody on purpose, or if it's just everybody just kind of avenging uh, one another and no system of, of being able to hear out a case and have witnesses for a case and decide and then have, one carry, have someone carry that out in an orderly kind of fashion, then blood is simply spilt all over the place. Um, and, and that's not what God wants. He wants something orderly for us to live by. So you really see God's intent among the people. And in verse 34, God says, for I am dwelling among you. In other words, this isn't this just our life, our land that we can do anything we want to. No, God wants to dwell among us. And God is a God of order. Um, he is a just God and he's a God of graciousness. And you really see that come out when you look at this chapter from that perspective. God bless you as you read one more chapter uh, tomorrow and we'll be finished up with numbers. Then we're going to head back into the New Testament and look at in, uh, Paul's letter to the Christians at Rome. God bless you as you read.